0: Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities.
1: Welcome, guys. My name's Paul. Today, we're going to be speaking with uh, Hannah Wilson. Hannah has very kindly uh, agreed to speak to us again. Uh, we spoke to her back in 2021 uh, about her epilepsy. Um, how are you doing, Hannah? Nice, nice to see you again.
0: Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you.
1: That's, that's great. We've also got lovely Chantelle with us. How are you doing, Chantelle? Hi,
2: I'm really well. Thanks. Really um, happy and excited to be catching up with Hannah again to
0: see how um, things have been progressing for her.
1: Can you just explain a little bit about your epilepsy, please, if possible?
0: Yeah, so I have focal impaired awareness seizures. So that means that I lose consciousness. They only affect one part of my brain although now my seizures have have actually started to change to tonic-clonic which affects the whole brain so with epilepsy it can change for some people gradually over time it can become worse which is what has happened to me so now rather than my seizures affecting just one part of my brain it's the whole part and then so they are lasting longer and they are becoming a lot worse
1: that's not good. Uh, that's sad. And, uh, and um, is that something that has got progressively worse since we last spoke to you?
0: Yes, it has. What impact is that having,
2: Hannah, on your on your life?
0: A huge impact. I've had to have quite a lot of time off work, and it also limits me with being able to go out and see friends. And the injuries that I get from my seizures, I then have to take time to recover. And that can take several days. So then I'm at home, not able to do anything. It's tough.
2: Yeah, it sounds really tough because tonic-clonic is when you fall to the ground, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah.
2: And were you falling to the ground with your focal impaired awareness as well?
0: Yes, I was. But with the tonic-clonic, they last longer. So some of my seizures have been lasting up to two minutes when before it was usually about 30 seconds.
2: And what is the guidance for people um, when to call an ambulance? How how long is it that um, people should wait before they do that? Generally, I mean, we're not giving any medical advice here, but.
0: Yeah, so usually it's five minutes if the seizure hasn't stopped after five minutes. I always tell people with me if after two minutes to call an ambulance, because that's up to how long it can last now. But generally it's five minutes.
2: I mean, two minutes for you and for whoever is with you at the time must seem like a lifetime.
0: It does. Yeah. And it's
2: exhausting as well as painful.
0: It is. Yeah. It takes so much out of me. Just those two minutes, the the rest of the day, I'm just completely wiped and I can't remember anything that's happened before. And all I want to do is go to sleep.
1: How did you know that it changed from one condition to another. Is that something that you were diagnosed with, or, and did you go to the doctors and speak to them and say, I, "I feel that this is getting worse" or it's changed?
0: Yeah, I did. So I went to see my consultant back in August for a review, and we had a chat. And I explained to her how my seizures have become worse, and then she said that it would be best because I've been on two medications now and that still hasn't worked, that it'd be best to get a referral to another hospital. And then when I spoke to the consultant at that hospital, she then diagnosed me with refractory epilepsy, which is drug resistant.
2: Outside of this conversation, um, Hannah shared with us that she's tried uh, been put on a different medication. So um, I'm just interested to find out, is it making any difference?
1: No, not at the moment. Are there side effects to this medication?
0: it has made me quite tired and the new medication that I'm going to be going onto in a few weeks will make me even more tired than I am now. So I'm not looking forward to that.
2: With the medication that you take, is it just heading to the brain or is it? It's meant to
0: uh, block the signals in the brain for where my seizures will then happen. That's what it's meant to do is you have to block the signals.
2: What will be the next, um, the next step after you've completed this trial?
0: So after that, I'm hoping that I will be a candidate for surgery. But in the meantime, we've just got to continue with this trial of new medication and I've also still got to have some more tests.
2: You are listening to The Sunflower Conversations with Paul and Chantal. To learn more about the topics covered in today's podcast, details are in the show notes. Having surgery on your brain is, is in, wow, well, it's mind blowing, isn't it? Um, and so you've you mentioned that they, they need to kind of go in at the point where the seizures first start. Have they explained anything more to you, like what, they, what they're actually, what they do to the brain?
0: So what they're going to do is cut out the brain tissue where the seizures are starting
2: does it mean that that brain tissue is damaged? Then is that what that means?
0: Yes, Yeah, So that's uh, yeah, the brain tissue which is causing the seizures. So that's the abnormal part.
2: Wow. And then, what, what's the prognosis if you are if you are elected to have this surgery? Um, sort of, do you, do you know what the prognosis is afterwards?
0: Uh, well, I know that seventy percent of people once they've had surgery for their epilepsy are seizure free but it could take up to two years to know whether it's actually made a difference and I will have to continue with medication for at least up to a year to know whether you know it has actually made the difference as I say but yes yeah, so I will will have to continue with medication and hopefully I will be able to lead a seizure free life but I will not know straight away
2: yeah we'll, we'll be rooting for you and and when they have to, when they start, before we get to this point, they start to, de- to decrease your medication to find out, pinpoint exactly what exactly is happening and where. Will you be in the hospital, like living there, so that they can monitor you 24-7 or will you be at home?
0: Yeah, I will have to go in the hospital for a few days when they continue with the rest of the tests, when they take me off my medication to induced seizures which I'm not (laughs) obviously not looking forward to but they've got to do this to find out if I can have surgery and I do really hope that I will be able to have the surgery it was quite frightening at the start the thought of having surgery but as soon as my consultant at Westover Hospital mentioned it I said 100% yes I would like to have surgery I've been waiting so long to have that possible opportunity and now that it has been mentioned I I will go for it if I do get offered it
2: yeah yeah it's it's well it sounds like it's such a long waiting list as well it's like um it's a it's a golden sort of once in a lifetime opportunity isn't it for you to rid yourself of the seizures so um I can imagine that you want to grab that with both hands in spite of how scary it is
0: Yeah, I've just had to fight for so long and it's not like somebody will get offered brain surgery straight away. It takes quite a few years before you can actually get offered the surgery. So to be offered the surgery, yes, because they've increased my medication so much and it's just got worse. And it just got to a point where I thought, you know, there's nothing that's going to make a difference with the medication with one of the medications as I say now it's my lamotrigine which I've been on since 2012 I'm gradually reducing that every two weeks and it is in about three weeks time when I will be going on carbamazepine which is the medication that I was on when I was a teenager Uh and that did actually allow me to have a seizure free life for five years So we're hoping that it might make a difference. But as I'm older and my seizures have become worse now, there's a potential that it may not. And I don't really have a lot of faith considering that I'm drug resistant. But in the meantime, leading up to surgery, we've got to try and see if there's any other chances of me becoming seizure free. I mean, it may make a little bit of a difference, but I still think that the best option is surgery. Adambrook's hospital that i've got the referral to now they do need to do these tests just to you know make, make sure just double check and i'll find out eventually whether i will be a candidate for surgery but if so it's 12 to 24 months waiting list
2: that's a long way isn't it for you to still continue with your life experiencing these seizures and the pain and the aftermath Of those, and I I would imagine the constant fear that am I going to have a seizure today?
0: That's a big thing with epilepsy, is you just don't know when it's going to happen. It's unpredictable. When I go out, it could happen. When I'm at work, it could happen. Just anywhere that could happen, even when I'm at home, just go about my daily life, and then all of a sudden I have a seizure, and I don't even know when it's coming.
1: Hannah, does that give you anxiety? Does that make you anxious?
0: It does, yeah.
1: How do you deal with anxiety?
0: I find if I go out, then I usually am with my best friend because she's, she's really good with reassuring me. And she always says to me, you know, you're going to be fine with going out. I'm here. So I always take her with me when I go out. Other than that, I just try my best to deal with it on my own, which isn't always easy, but I, just, I tell myself, you know, it's going to be okay nothing's going to happen, it's got to work through this, it's got to continue with life, because I can't let it take over my life.
2: It can completely control everything, your every move. Yeah. And, And understandably why.
1: How has this impacted you at work?
0: It's been very difficult. I mean, as I say, I have had quite a lot of time off lately. And when I have gone back to work, I've then had to take it very steady as I've had quite a lot of bruising and the injuries so I'm not able to be on my feet a lot so I'm having to then sit on till instead
1: so your employees and colleagues and people you you know who you work with are I don't know understanding
0: yeah I do and I do get that they are also frightened if I do have a seizure that's completely understandable but they they have been really good
1: have I made adjustments for you
0: so I was working late shifts when I first started at Asda, but I asked them if I could do early shifts instead so then I can make sure that I have taken my medication. And because I've now got into a different routine with my medication, I said, please, can I do early shifts? Because then I know I have taken it. The problem with my late shifts is that although, okay, I didn't have to get up as early and I could start later on in the day, it was quite difficult to actually be able to take my medication on time or at least I know with the early shifts that I have taken it and then in the evening I will have been able to take it so they've changed the shifts which is really good really helpful
1: yeah that's 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 a good thing and is it is it important to you Hannah to obviously to to continue to work I, I mean you know are you are you can I ask you about your 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 life do you live a for example, do you live at home? do you live on your own? Do you have a partner? Is it you know what's the, the support around you?
0: I live with my mum at the moment, and um, but I want to continue working. I don't want to have to be signed off work and just at home because I think that would have a big impact on my mental health and I'd just be sitting here doing nothing, whereas I'd rather go to work and okay, I may have a seizure, but I'm still at work. And there's people around me who can socialize. I can socialise. I just couldn't sit at home all day. And I also went back to St. John Ambulance last year in the summer. So I'm now doing that again. I'm a first aid of the St. John Ambulance.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I've been on some events since I joined again back at my unit, and that's been really good. What
2: kind of events have you been to?
0: I went to some Christmas fairs and I've also been to football in Norwich. That was really good.
2: It must be such a worthwhile role to do.
0: It is. And when I'm with them, I know that I'm safe if anything happens to me. And they always say to me, if anything happens to you when you're at an event, you know, that we're here, we know what to do, so that's great. But I've never actually had a seizure whilst I've been on duty with Central Ambulance, and I hope I never do.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, that's reassuring. Maybe it's something to do with that anxiety you mentioned. You know, when you're feeling stressed, you know you're there, you're in safe hands.
1: You are listening to the Sunflower Conversations with Paul and Chantelle. To learn more about the topics covered in today's podcast, details are in the show notes. Who do you turn to for emotional support? You know, it like, what does your mum mean to you and your friends?
0: Everything. Everyone is just so supportive. If I have a day where I'm feeling down, then I'll either talk to my mum about it or I'll talk to my friends about it, and everyone reassures me. And my friends have said how strong I am and how determined that I'm always fighting. And even after I've had a seizure... Straight away, I just want to continue with my life and just keep that independence as much as I can. And I will fight to the very end to be seizure free. Yeah,
1: that's lovely. When you talk about having someone around you that reassures you, do you think that that helps you psychologically to feel more relaxed? And, and, and in turn, does that then mean that perhaps you, you're less likely to have a seizure?
0: Yeah, I do. I think so. Yeah, definitely.
1: It's interesting. So so if you're stressed, for example, that could that could heighten your anxiety and in turn perhaps trigger something?
0: Yes. I've had times at work where I've been really stressed and then I've started to overheat and get a bit dehydrated if we have massive cues and I've almost had a seizure before. And that's yeah, that's been horrible. That's another thing, actually, with work. I've had to ask them if I am wearing my mask, can I take it off? They always say, yeah, that's fine, because sometimes I decide, yeah, I'm going to, whereas other times I don't.
2: I think that's um, a good point that you've made there, because there's been such a debate about mask wearing and being exempt, and I think your approach to it is is a sensible one. You know, if you can wear it, you're, you absolutely will, but not to the detriment of your own health.
0: Yeah, so... The decision that I made is that if I'm on a till or if I'm behind customer service, because we've got the screens anyway, then I do not wear my mask. But if I'm on self-service and there's a lot of people around us, then I do. And um,
2: are you still wearing the uh, sunflower?
0: I am, yeah. I wear that every day to work.
2: Does anybody ask you about it?
0: Yeah, I do get questions sometimes. And when people see that it says I have epilepsy and then I'll just explain to them.
2: And, um, and why why do you wear it, Hannah?
0: As well as it being important for people to be aware that I have a disability. A dis- you know, that you'll see people, how they react, when they're like, oh, you're, you know, you're not wearing a mask, whereas at least I've got the sunflower lanyard on. So I think, well, maybe they might actually realise that there is something as to why I can't wear a mask. But it's difficult because it's an invisible disability. so. A lot of people will look at me and I think, is well, she not wearing a mask. She's absolutely fine. So I, I do find it's important to have that on and people, yeah, they see that I have epilepsy.
2: Because ASDA now have joined the, net, the Sunflower Network, haven't they? Yeah. And they the have staff um, are receiving training about the sunflower and non-visible disabilities. So um, we're really pleased to welcome ASDA on board, actually, because there's such a big family shopping uh, supermarket aren't they?
1: They are yeah they they are really good. Do you have any kind of coping mechanisms? I'm always interested in how people deal with with their conditions.
0: Having my friends around me really helps to cope with my epilepsy and also I'm part of some support groups on Facebook so if I have a problem with anything then I can put a message on there and then people reply such as this medication that I'm going on to. And I was told the certain side effects by my consultant. So then I put a message on some of the groups and said, this is the medication I'm going on to. What side effects have you had with it? And then I get a response. So it's really helpful to be in those support groups.
2: So Hannah, thank you so much. Um, as ever, it's been a delight to talk to you um, and find out how you know life has been for you for, over the last 12 months. It sounds like it's been incredibly challenging, um, but as you said, you are a fighter, and I have to be honest, we have kept in touch by email over the past year, and I'm really pleased to see you looking, you know, well and, and talking so um, positively about the future in spite of your increased seizures and you know the impact that is added had on your on your life.
0: If you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation, please email conversations at hidden Find out more about us or listen to this recording again, by checking out our insights page at hidden You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Please help have patience and show kindness to others. And join us again soon. Making the invisible visible with the hidden disability sunflower.